are Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15, get yourself 15% off your next order. Welcome back to Locked On Spurs and the Locked On NBA Network. Happy Friday, by the way. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia, uh, San Antonio Spurs writer. And uh, yeah, um, I guess it hasn't been a great 48 hours for the Spurs. <laughs> now, only do they lose in Miami, snapping uh, their win streak. Uh, the bigger news, and we're going to be diving that just in a few seconds here, is Derek White. As you know, Popovich announced that he does not expect Derek White back at all this season. Uh, due to that ankle injury versus Washington. What does this mean for San Antonio? What are the ripple effects of without him now that this team knows his services will not be there for the remainder of the season? Also, DeJounte Murray, he has been playing great, and uh, he recorded yet another triple-double, giving him some love. And, of course, quickly preview tonight's Spurs-Celtics game. To do that and more, I'm joined by my good friend, ESPN San Antonio's very own James Pledger. He is the co-host of the Saturday Morning Hangover. Follow him on Twitter at I am Pledger. James, welcome back to Lockdown Spurs. Your weekly is, uh, by the way, wait, wait, no, before I continue, what is up with the ESPN SA crew? They're taking over Lockdown Spurs. You got you, you got Jimenez. What's, what's going on here? Um, I mean, full-on takeover. That's the point. We're, we're here... <laughs> To make our points be known and let you know that uh, we're coming at it uh, with no reservations and we're not holding back on any of our takes. Well, you, that definitely, yeah. Um, your your colleague there, uh, Jimenez, uh, I think it was this this past week. He just went off on the uh, Spurs uh, developmental process. He just cannot wrap his mind around the fact that give the kids run. I mean, Jim, is that black and white? But normally, James is going to bring on some heat as he always does. So uh, hopefully he does that again right here on Lockdown Spurs. Uh, James, let's go ahead and dive into the big topic and the Derek White, you know, massive loss uh, for the Spurs. Uh, I know you helped us out yesterday on the Spurs zone over um, recently regarding your take. Uh, you know, when you heard the news, what, what was your first reaction? Were you kind of thinking like, yeah, you know, that was expected or, you know, maybe you had a little hope that he'd be back? Uh, when it first happened, I was like, ah, you know, it's a rolled ankle. Maybe he'll miss a week, week and a half, but he'll be back in time, you know, for the end of the season and the, possibly the postseason. But, you know, as we only got kind of a few weeks here left in the regular season and the severity of the ankle sprain and what it turned out to be likely a grade two or three, yeah, I'm not, I'm not shocked that he's out for the season and this season's kind of been marred by injury for him starting as soon as the bubble ended basically. Right. And that, that that's rough for him, but shortly thereafter, I started thinking, and, and I told you this when you asked me to kind of put something on paper about what Derek's loss means for the Spurs this season. And I kind of took a hot second to just kind of digest what I had heard about him being out for the year and going, you know, this might actually be a good thing because shortly thereafter we heard Derek White was going to, or uh, Devin Vassell was going to be in the starting lineup starting in place of Derek White. And low key, that could be a very good thing for the Spurs, uh, not just this season, but moving forward, kind of the way, you know, Keldon emerged 
in the bubble, this could mm-hmm. be like Devin's bubble and kind of catapult him into next year into getting more minutes. There are multiple reasons, I think, behind that. Um, first and foremost, actually getting Devin minutes is huge. <laughs> uh, second to that, though, I think he's a better fit in the starting lineup, at least moving forward with this team as currently constructed. Kind of like how I, I always thought Lonnie's best place was in the second unit, and he's kind of thrived in that, right. as we've seen, especially here of late. There is just yeah. between Derek White, DeJounte Murray, and DeMar DeRozan, there are too many ball-dominant players on the floor at once. So the ball ends up sticking at times offensively. And while you get good play out of all three of them, you know, Keldon's gotten lost in the mix a lot of the time. And while Jakob doesn't need the touches to basically be effective on offense, Keldon does. Mm -hmm. And what Devin does is he, A, provides floor spacing, you don't have a drop-off because of his defense, in my opinion. And on top of that, you know, he doesn't need the ball. So the ball moves a, a lot more freely between just DeJounte and DeMar than it would with the three of them all on the floor at the same time. Because at different times, each one of them kind of gets a little heavy with the dribble and the penetration and it sticks and the offense just kind of seems while it's effective at times when it's working it at times, especially against better teams that know pack the paint, go into a zone like Miami has done. Like unless you can shoot your way out of it, Devin gives you the ability to shoot your way out of that by spreading the floor Mm -hmm. and kind of opening the lane for Keldon to be more of a slasher than a three-point shooter for, you know, DeMar to be able to get into his spot in the middle, uh, in the mid-range game, and DeJounte to be able to slash to the rim. And I think that could be a really good thing for the Spurs moving forward, along with the invaluable experience that Devin's going to get in this starting lineup. Now, next season, maybe that changes because DeMar leaves in free agency, Devin can be reinserted into the starting lineup, and then you've got kind of two ball-dominant guards and, you know, three guys that can play off of that around them. And that's okay because it works like that. But when you insert that third, things just Mm -hmm. kind of stick more than they should. And I always thought, especially with Patty Mills on that second unit, maybe Derek White's best spot would have been in that second unit to kind of help Mm -hmm. control the pace because Patty, once he gets the ball, he's kind of going at breakneck speed for most of the Mm -hmm. time. And sometimes the Spurs just need somebody to kind of change the pace, slow it, speed it up, you know, kind of uh, just in and out of certain sets and a little bit more structure to the second unit and instead of a frantic pace at all times when Patty gets the ball. But, you know, it's really bad. And I I started the whole article with you by, let me preface this by saying, I Mm -hmm. really, really like Derek White. You know, kind of like when the trade for Vucevic was brought about earlier this season. I really, really like Derek White. But if he's the difference between this and that, you know, I'm not that much in love with him. If Der- you know, I love Derek White, but this opens up the possibility for the offense to flow better. And we saw that the other night as they lost by 20 to Miami mm-hmm. a few nights ago. 
And just this past night, it was a four-point game, and it was close throughout. Yeah, yeah, the good news is that Popovich did say the ankle injury did not uh, or is not going to require surgery, so that is a very good thing. But it just, you know, calendar-wise and, you know, recovery-wise, it should not be too shocking considering it's only like 12 games left. And by the time he does his recovery, by the time he gets his legs back, it, it might be all but a wrap. And the Spurs definitely have the horses to fill in uh, without uh, White in that roster, but it's just a, such a bad blow for him. You know, he, he's he's like somebody put a hex on him this season. I'm get, I, there's got to be a hex on him. If you know anybody who can reverse that hex, please, James, bring him out because from the toe injury, multiple toe injuries, the toe surgery, the COVID restrictions that he got, he's missed over 20 uh, games this season. And it could have come at the worst time because just in the month of April, 18.8 points per game, four assists per game. And I look at what he's doing, and I know the numbers are there. and They can be easily filled with the scoring. You mentioned Devin. You know Patty Mills can do it. Rudy Gay definitely can do it. But I think of the little things we're going to miss from him, uh, the Spurs are likely going to miss that three-point shooting, 37% shooting this month from Derek White. Uh, the Spurs have been struggling from the three-point line this year. The the grit, the gritty, do-it-all mm-hmm. kind of dirty stuff on that court, taking the charges, losing miss his teeth. Grit and leadership. Yeah. I think the three-point yeah. shooting. I think Devin can fill that role in a sense because you he think, also shoots at a high clip from behind the arc. Right, right. But that's a very small sample size. You know, he now he's he's sure. going to see a spike in minutes. And here's the thing. You know, I want to talk about White. I'm sorry, uh, Vassell, real quick. Because, you know, he's, you know, that's the first ripple effect is that Vassell is now the starter, at least for now. Um, Popovich said that he's going to expect a lot from him. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at BetOnline. This week has tons of sports action on the go as the NFL draft is on. And the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, your Spurs, NHL, and all of your UFC MMA action. Now, before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the greatest sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest info. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your last chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website right now or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts use promo code locked on. A. Good. <laughs> right, right, yeah, good. Okay, so there's your first answer. So, A, yes, this is a good thing. But he is still a rookie. And in the next 12 games, and with the play in tournament push they're on right now, possibly a playoff spot. I mean, I know that's. It's still in the realm of possibility. Yep. You think he, he may be putting too much on himself and maybe just make dumb rookie mistakes that probably he wouldn't have done in a normal course of an NBA season? No, because uh, while it's a small sample size, what we have seen from Devin Vassell has been he looks like he gets it on defense. We don't see those lapses. Um, you're not going to see him taking bad shots. Usually the things come to him within the flow of the offense, and mm-hmm. he's not passing a good shot, and he's not you know, forcing teams uh, late in the shot clock into a bad shot either. 
Um, I think this is just good for his growth as a player, and I, I really think it helps the Spurs out, to tell you the truth, right. in the long run as we move forward. Now, I mean, it may not be measured in wins and losses as, you know, tonight they're about to take on the Celtics, and, you know, they, they've got a rough schedule to close out the season with mm-hmm. a bunch of playoff teams in front of them. But I do believe it's, A, good for them, B, good for the growth, and C, might kind of give us at least a jump start the same way it gave Keldon Johnson a jump start last year by finally seeing him getting some run as we got mm-hmm. into the bubble. Yeah, and yeah, look, the Spurs definitely can use uh, white services. You know, he tends to show up for the big games. Uh, recall the uh, playoff series he had against Denver. You know, we had a, he had a great performance in the bubble when the Spurs were pushing for that playoff spot. So we know he can rise to the occasion. But Lonnie Walker is also a guy that seems, and it looks like on paper, whenever a guy is down, he steps in in a big way. DeMar DeRozan is a perfect example. When he was out multiple games this year, enter Lonnie Walker and he has these big, big games. You see Derek White goes out and last night or the other night, uh, excuse me, versus Miami, same thing. He steps up off that bench. It seems to me that when the, when he is asked to answer the call, he does uh, pleasure. Yeah, and that's one of the things you like about it because one of the things you're worried about losing is kind of clutchability and the grittiness that Derek White brought. But he has shown in the moments that he's been asked to both of those abilities in terms of his grittiness on uh, on defense. And I think the, the biggest thing they're losing with Derek White is just his leadership. I think he's turned into one of the leaders on this team and his ability and his voice and um, things like that. Those are going to be huge for the Spurs right? as they come yeah. down the stretch. But, I mean, yeah. all in it, it, all, this is – yeah, you, you look at White, you know, he's one of the better shot-blocking guards in the league. Mm-hmm. We know about the ch- the charges. He definitely picks them up. And then you're starting to see, you know, finally that Murray-White combo on the bench. That's gone. Now, I want to throw this number at you, and let me get your thoughts on this. So we know the Murray-White combo, that's what the pop has been going to. But this year, the Spurs are 17-12 and 12 with White and Murray in the starting lineup. I was a little surprised by that. Uh, I didn't think it'd be that close as as to 500, if you know, 17 and 12. Is that just a sign of, you know, these guys still need more time to gel or that's about right? What's that number again? 17 and 12. This season, the Spurs are 17 and 12 this season with White and Murray in the starting lineup. Okay. I get it. Um, Yeah, that's, that's, they're really good on the floor together. But mm-hmm. at the same time, the other numbers that are almost kind of shocking is that the Spurs have a not just a better record, a much better record without Derek White this season. Mm-hmm. I believe they're 16 and 10 without him this year, and they're, you know, 500 or just under 500 with him. And yeah, I think the they're 500. Yeah, I think they're at 500. So it seems to me that it goes back to what you were saying earlier is that the team is made up of a bunch of similar style players on the court. They need the ball. And when the Spurs are without the services of white, as we see in the records that other guys fill in and we see, like I said, we saw well, Lonnie, you know, we're, we're likely going to see it with Devin moving forward. And there's that, but you, you look at Derek white and 
you just hope that next season when he does get back, you know, he's he's 100 percent. The Spurs yeah. are definitely going to use him. But you look at next season when he does return. Th- I'm going to pose this question to you. Do you think when Derek White returns next season, it's going to be very similar to this season as far as the team and its record? I have a feeling we're going to see a near mirror image of this season going to the next season, because if you factor in that you lose your veterans and it's full on youth movement and they're going to get younger in the draft, they're going to get a very good uh, spot in the draft. You got Luca probably going to step up. They're going to give him minutes. You know, maybe we know we don't know. Maybe. Yeah, we don't know. But if you just project that out, because something's got to give with him, he's either going to have to start playing more or you got to deal him. And then Trey Jones could, and my point is that White could come back and be that stabilizing force for a team that's likely going to get younger next season. Yeah, I like I said, one of the things they're going to miss from him is kind of his leadership this season uh, as we come down the stretch. So yeah, I think that's going to be an issue. But I think him coming back next year, solidifying, especially with the potential losses that we're facing this off season with. Rudy being a potential free agent that could leave, with Patty being a potential free agent that can leave, with DeMar, the biggest potential free agent that could leave. I mean, you're, you're talking about a, a lot of NBA veteran leadership that could potentially leave this offseason and replacing it with draft picks and the potential of younger uh, free agents that they could possibly bring in to replace them so it's going to be interesting to see how this offseason plays out that's going to be an intriguing intriguing locked on that we do later (laughs) once they're Mm -hmm. out of it and we start looking forward to not just the draft but free agency those are going to be huge kind of indicators in what the future of this spurs team is as we move forward do you think the spurs will be okay without white I like I said I I think this is a blessing in disguise in dis, in a mm-hmm. sense just because a it's forcing Pop's hand much like the bubble did last season. <laughs> Look and what it takes for him to do that stuff like that. It takes this I, type of of situation for for him to do that. You highlight over and over again. You know the pandemic led to Keldon. Now we have mm-hmm. Derek White's injury leading to Vassell. I mean, he's got to figure it out sometime, right? <laughs> I don't know anymore. I and I love it because a lot of people, you know, are on the. This is all part part of Pop's master plan. Whether he was initially tanking at first, or they were trying to finagle themselves into a 12 or 14th overall pick for whatever reason. I don't know why you want to be in the middle to the end of the lottery when you're <laughs> tanking, but. While I do believe Pop has a plan, I believe his plan is still centered around the veterans and, you know, rookies coming along at the pace that he's dictated over the years. And mm-hmm. it's worked. I mean, it's hard to argue with it because it's worked in the past, but that it worked because he had guys like Tim, Tony, and Manu to where, you know, people that could carry this team to a championship and bring along younger talent at the pace in which he so desired. Uh, today's NBA players, I mean, A, I, I don't believe it's the way they're wired anymore, and B, it's just a, a tough way for them to grow and for you to figure out what you have 
Mm. So I don't, I don't know if it's all part of Pop's grand master plan or if he's just unable to change with the times because we have seen him change at times. We, we saw him go from that four-down style right. of clog it up, throw it down to Timmy in the low block, let him go to work, to what we saw in the later championship runs, which was good to great basketball, you know, mm-hmm. more threes, you, you know, a more beautiful game style of basketball. So right. we have seen him adapt his style, except when it comes to how he brings along rookies. Bill Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and I mean that. With 18 amazing flavors, six new ones, including cookies and cream and carrot cake, you can't go wrong by getting yourself a box of Built Bars right now. I've been going through all of them, left and right. I had one the other night. Uh, you know, I had a choice between something unhealthy versus healthy that tastes like a candy. Yeah, I'm going to go with Built Bars. They're soft and easy to chew, and as I mentioned, they're, they taste like a candy. They're covered in 100% chocolate. Loser maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. What I need you to do right now is go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15, get yourself 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how these Spurs fare without wide. I think they'll be okay. Uh, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, you know, you rather have more firepower, you know, than sure. not, but they'll definitely be okay. You know, they're they're pretty much in the playing tournament. It's just a matter of where they're going to land. Has that been solidified yet? Or we that you know we still don't know if they'll be seven, eight, nine, or ten. Right, that's still up in the air. Correct. Oh, I mean, with as many games there are left, that's still up in the air. And that's you know, still up in the air. Okay, they're they're not locked into the playing tournament. Obviously, right. they could lose out and, and have, yeah. you know, New Orleans or somebody go on a run and catch them. But they're in such a – they've got such a lead in, in, yeah. in the, over the next playing team that over these last handful of games, 12 games, whatever it is, it's just hard to see them falling out of it unless really the bottom falls out of this right. thing. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see what happens, and I think the Spurs uh, will be okay without white for just just a handful of games of i mean this season just flew by it really did and whoo it's been a, it's been uh i think it's one of the rare times it's actually been a sprint this season usually they say like every season is a marathon this felt like a sprint but the, well, the scores are like not out of you know it's a game every night so yeah I mean, that's kind of been a part of the sprint atmosphere is the fact that it feels like the Spurs, if not playing every night, especially here in the second half of the season, are at least playing every other night. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, we'll be talking about the Spurs next game versus Boston in just a few minutes, but we're talking about the young guys, and we mentioned his name, uh, DeJounte Murray. Look, we got to take time out on this episode of Lockdown Spurs to give the man some love. I mean, you look at, you know, what he's put together so far this season, uh, coming off a uh, um, injury lost season a couple seasons ago with the, with the uh, knee injury, what he has put together, his body of work this year is just so impressive. Another triple double to his name this season, James. I don't know if you were aware, but he joined an elite group of uh, greats that have worn the silver and black. Uh, he joins David Robinson and Johnny Moore as the mm-hmm. only Spurs uh, to record four or more triple doubles in the season at no, not, not Mono Ginobili, not Tony Parker, not even Kawhi Leonard, uh, DeJounte Murray. 
all in all, your thoughts on his play, I mean, he's playing for his standards at an elite level, having one of his best seasons of his career. I mean, he really kind of reminds you of somebody who played earlier in the week, doesn't he? <laughs> right. Like his game kind of reminds you a little bit of that of Russell Westbrook in a sense. He's very explosive. Mm-hmm. He's a slasher. He gets to the bucket and he attacks the, the rim for rebounds, defensive and offensive rebounds. Like he, he attacks the ball when it's in the air. And I mean, his, his game is reminiscent of that of Russell Westbrook, just kind of in a less explosive to the basket way, you know? Right. Uh, One of our writers um, wrote about Murray and um, his appreciation of Russell Westbrook. Uh, one thing right away, uh, Murray said that he doesn't understand, like you know, why people don't appreciate Westbrook the way they should because of the feats that he's doing with the triple doubles. Um, <laughs> even before the game versus Washington, the two embraced, and they look like they're very good friends. Uh, he has a lot of respect for Westbrook, and you 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 hope that at least that energy, that that attacking, that you know, ferocity that Westbrook brings, uh, that Dejounte can ad- adapt as his career keeps going, but. He's he's breaking records left and right. He's adding his name to some of the best that ever wore the silver and black. And uh, he is pretty much the face of this young core moving forward, unless Keldon just really, really breaks out um, as his career moves on. Do you think that with DeJounte likely to be that face of this, this next wave, this next generation of Spurs, um, that he's he's the type of player that you build around? Or do you still need to add in that star power next to him? I mean, I think you can build around him, but there obviously needs to be some star power on this team because we put a poll up last week about, you know, which which spur do you think currently on the roster is the next all-star? And DeJounte Murray won it pretty handily. A lot of people thought, it's somebody not on the roster currently. And it's hard to argue, uh, disagree with that theory as well, because you wonder how much more room to grow DeJounte Murray has. Uh, expanding his, his perimeter game would be really, really devastating mm-hmm. in terms of his skill set if he can do that. But you look at just how hard it is with the guard play in the Western Conference of just even breaking into you know, being an all-star. Like, DeMar DeRozan had an all-star year and statistically probably his best season in almost every category this year for the Spurs. Couldn't become an all-star for the San Antonio Spurs Mm -hmm. this year. Just could not get in. And that tells you exactly how difficult, and you could have made DeMar afford if you wanted to get him into the Western Conference as an all-star. And you know, it's just extremely hard with the likes of Donovan Mitchell and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Luka Doncic. And you've got uh, Dame Lillard and C.J. McCollum, you know, Devin Booker, who had a tough time nice. getting in, Chris Paul. I mean, yeah. they, they there are great, great, great guards just blocking the way for you of trying to become an all-star. And, you know, it looks very feasibly that, you know, a, a, a generational tight talent could be on his way into the Western Conference, if not the right. state of Texas, in Cade Cunningham. Yeah, 
yeah, it, it's it's going to be difficult for uh, Dejounte to make that um, notch in his belt as far as becoming a Western Conference All Star. I think what will likely have to happen either he has just a tremendous game and the, the refs, I mean the refs, excuse me, the the coaches. Pick, I need um, to mention Steph Curry, who's you know getting right. MVP chance. <laughs> yeah. So uh, and then you got Clay Thompson likely to come back soon. I mean, and, yeah. and be back to being Clay Thompson. So. Yeah, it's like going to be said, tough. It's but... just really hard to become an all-star in the West right now. Yeah, you look at what DeJounte Murray is doing this season. Uh, he's averaging career highs in points, 15.7, assists, 5.3, rebounds, 7.1, uh, free throw attempts, minutes. Uh, 2.0, minutes, 3, 31.9. Uh, and you look where he ranks at his position. He's in the top five of rebounding uh, point guards. He's in the top five point guards when it comes to steals. And just how much of an impact does he make for the Spurs? The Spurs are 11 and one when he records 10 or more rebounds and 10 and two when he has nine or more assists in the game. And then he just have like a career high in rebounds as well, like 17. Um, so yeah, all in all, you know, you, you got to tip your cap to Murray. Uh, you know, it's amazing play what happens, been... how all these uh, statistics go up with the more minutes that you play. You, you know what? Uh, Jakob Pertl said something very similar to that. I don't know if you caught that. Uh, he did like a pre-game afternoon media session, and then they were asking him about, you know, how, how well he's been playing. And he goes like, "I don't really put mind to that because it just makes sense when you play more, you get more minutes, and you get more stats." <laughs> like that. So he's uh, not looks wrong. Like the, yeah, he's not, and he's not wrong. So, but all in I all, mean, you Patty's you like probably the, getting a career high in minutes this year, and he's having a career year. Right. Exactly. So. um, but, you know, you just really want to just salute Murray. You know, kudos to him having a great season. Hopefully it'll continue as the uh, play-in tournament is just right around the corner. And speaking of right around the corner, the Spurs and Celtics will hook up later tonight out in Boston. I think it's the, the last game of this roadie that they're on right now. You know, murder's row continues. But if there's one team on this, you know, remaining schedule is um, that could – possibly have a letdown and that'd be Boston. Boston really hasn't been Boston that we see, you know, ups and downs, yeah, you know, 33 Tatum. and 30 this year. Like I just yeah. don't know what to make of this team because yeah, exactly. you thought they'd be so much better with the talent that they have. And they just, they haven't seemed to put it together for some yeah. reason this year. Yeah. And uh, the Spurs could likely get this road win. Hopefully they do. And you look I mean, at Boston, Oklahoma yeah. city a few nights ago. <laughs> way to go Boston but you <laughs> is is this is this Boston team a team that the Spurs I mean should be able to be competitive with I mean you look overall the Spurs have won two in a row versus uh, Boston um they've won actually two in uh two straight in uh the TD Garden and this season the Spurs are one and zero against them so these the Spurs seem to play well against Boston James yeah and you you know you can't can't be mad at that, right? I mean, no, I, I feel like I feel like that's really good for the San Antonio Spurs is that they match up well with a team that plays very, you know, similarly to them in terms of just their up and down nature this season. I look at Boston. I think you know Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Obviously, those are the the, the two uh, for them. But Tatum is he's openly admitted that he's not fully recovered you know, from the, the virus that he caught, he's playing good, but he says he feels a lot more winded, you know, that it's just not the same. Uh, the Spurs, on the other hand, you know, we looked at that, we thought like, well, maybe some of their bad play 
you know, at, at home when they had that nine game home, homestand was related to that. So it looks like you have two teams that have dealt with this uh, virus that are, you know, knocking on the door of the playoffs, playing tournament, Boston, I mean, they're playing the East, so they'll like to get a playoff spot. <laughs> but you look at uh, the two teams, and I, for me, it starts off uh, on the offensive end. You know, they put up points. As of this recording, the Spurs average 110.7 points per game, while Boston averages 112. Dare I say, James, it could come come down to defense as who will win this game. Jeez, because well, we saw what happened in Washington. Did they play? It also, much like the Wizards game, could come down yeah. to who has the most points. <laughs> I mean, I think an ABA game broke out in Washington between the Spurs and uh, the Wizards. But, yeah, and – even in the opponent uh, points per game, as far as just their defense, Boston ranks 10th in the league while the Spurs rank 16th. And well, how close is it? Okay, well, Boston holds teams to 110.4 points while the Spurs hold teams to 111. So even then you can't say, well, it could be a defensive shootout. Well, no, they allow about the same. So, but where, where it can really get hairy for the Spurs is the three-point uh, shooting. Mm-hmm. That's where Boston comes in. Yeah, Boston is um, among the top teams in the league is three-point field goal percentage at 37%, while the Spurs are not anywhere near that 20th <laughs> in the NBA. So there, it actually does rotate back to defense. You know, the Spurs are going to have to chase off those three-point shooters for Boston, James. Yeah, they're going to have to run people off the line, uh, something yeah. they haven't been very good at this year. Uh, in all honesty, they've just defending the three point line has not been something they've done very well, but with a guy like Vassell who can switch a whole bunch of positions yeah. and possibly match up with, a uh, Jason Tatum uh, and that size on a switch, isn't going to be as big of an issue, especially with his athleticism out around the three point line. Maybe there's a chance that their three point defense can get a little better. Um, and who knows, maybe with extended minutes, you know, we see more threes from Devin Vassell and that number at least rises for the Spurs and and their ability to spread the floor and open things up for guys like DeJounte and DeMar to do what they do from inside the paint. Absolutely. Well, the Spurs and Celtics tip off. That's kind of an early evening game, 630 Central. Yeah. So um, at least at least you'll be done early, Spurs fans. So there's that. You know, they'll stay up <laughs> super late. Um, so uh, check out the Spurs and Celtics later on tonight, and uh, we'll see how Vassell continues his development now that he's been put on that hot seat to fill in for Derek White. We're done talking. We want to hear from you. What do you think about Derek White and his loss for the team? Um, you know, with anything we missed, any other ripple effect that you see from this? Uh, injury, let us know. And of course, your thoughts on DeJounte Murray's play and the Celtics Spurs hooking up later tonight. James, tell everybody how they can talk to you on the Saturday morning hangover, Twitter, all that good stuff. Well, you can always get me on Twitter at I am pleasure or, you know, during the show, I produce the Blitz weekdays four to seven with Jason Minix and Rob Thompson. And you can listen at 1250 AM, 945 FM or online at ESPNSA.com and at ESPNSA.com, you can see our Facebook and YouTube live streams. Just search ESPN San Antonio on Facebook or YouTube, and you can see our daily broadcast of that or interact with me myself on the Saturday Morning Hangover with Jack Thompson as we you know, break down this injury more, 
what to expect from the Spurs as we move forward toward the close of this season. And, you know, we're also going to be doing a whole lot of draft coverage as we get ready to recap the NFL draft going on this week. I'm surprised you didn't list lockdown Spurs in there as well. You know, you could be like, you know, and also catch Michael Jimenez and James Pledger on Lockdown Spurs every week. <laughs> Whatever you want. I'm sure there's a roundtable yeah. forum coming up at some point soon towards the yeah. end of the regular season. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely go check out everything that's going on at ESPN San Antonio right now. James is hard at work covering all sports. So give him uh, a shout out and listen in to ESPN San Antonio. Hey, before I let you go. Um. What if Marvel's what if is around the corner? Oh, I think that's going to be phenomenal. That and the Loki series. That's the next live action one, right? The Loki? Yeah. Loki is going to be June. Were you sh- I was a little sh- surprised that the Falcon uh, series was too short. I, I thought it could have had a, yeah. a couple more. It, the, it, it was just was, way too short. It was the finale. Short. Like everything leading up to the finale was great. And then the finale itself just felt rushed and a whole bunch of plot lines that they, you know, the, the action scene was great, everything, but that final 10 minutes or whatever it was where they're trying to wrap up all these multiple storylines that they had with Bucky and, and his coming to terms with uh, the old man and, and, you know, John Walker's U.S. agent and Val, Mm -hmm. like everything at the end just felt like it was rushed to kind of get it into, to kind of wrap up the threads that they have started to kind of put together. And I, I I mean, it was a great series and through, you know, the action of of that final, you know, fight with new Captain Mm -hmm. America, Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes and even John Walker himself, like, that was all great and well choreographed. And it's just once the fight ends, it just felt like everything else mm-hmm. was forced, rushed, and hurried. Like another episode wouldn't have hurt that series. Right. That was my point. I think it could have at least used one more just to flesh out some stuff. And I, I really felt those that are do not f- follow the Marvel comic really didn't appreciate who Val was. It felt like she was just, okay, here she is okay great mm-hmm. well you know any type of hint towards her affiliation any type of um you know anything maybe wear a lapel has multiple affiliations in the yeah. comments so you don't know yes. exactly who she's affiliated with exactly and, it was you just you know Aaron carter thing at the end like all of yeah. it was just you know leaves you wondering what the future is and i'm sure they're going to address all of those threads as you know the MCU continues through both movies and Disney Plus. There's going to be a What If series on. What if we added another episode to Falcon <laughs> and Winter Soldier? <laughs> okay, well, now we solved it for you, everybody. We know, but um, uh, Falcon uh, revealing himself as the new Captain America was just amazing. And comic book accurate uh, costume. Way to go, Marvel. That was how you do it. That costume <laughs> was spot on. I had no complaints about it. But, uh, okay, now we're really done talking. Now We're done off our nerd soapbox now. Uh, make sure to subscribe to Lockdown Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, the new Odyssey app. Make sure to check it all out and subscribe to Lockdown Spurs right now. So for James Pledger, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Lockdown Spurs.